Hey, everybody. It's Damara Gardner. I am founder of Black Women About Business. Black Women About Business is all about supporting black female leaders in business and leadership to intersect wellness. So it's really all about taking wild care of yourself in life. And we give you the tools to do that through business planning, through executive coaching, through training, as well as retreats. And our podcast is dedicated to inspiring black female leaders in wellness, business, and leadership. And we do that by delivering up to 15 minutes of bite-sized interviews with fabulous people such as Danielle Alamine, who's with me in the studio right now. So just to get to know Danielle before you hear from her. She's a recent graduate of Michigan State University with a BA in political theory and constitutional democracy. During her time at Michigan State University, Danielle advocated for academic and social awareness around lived experiences of students in the African diaspora. As a campus activist and leader, Danielle conducted the first independent racial climate research study of the James Madison College of Public Affairs and International Relations. Danielle's proud to call Detroit home while she participated participates in the Challenge Detroit Fellowship. As a fellow, she utilizes design thinking skills to tackle issues and opportunities facing the city through hands-on service and partnership with area nonprofits to positively impact Detroit and the region. Danielle, welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, that's a very impressive bio, particularly Thank for someone so who's as young as you. So I'm sure that you hear that a lot. I am so honored. I'm just I'm overwhelmed. Mm, yeah. Well, you've done so much already, and I'm, I'm excited uh, for our listeners to hear more about what you've done and where it is that you're going, because my sense is you're just getting started. Yes, yeah. definitely. And okay. it's so interesting to hear it all read out like that, because I'm like, wow, how did I even get here? And I'm excited to see where I go next, too. So yeah, it's yeah, yeah. We are, too, sis. So let's dive in. Mm-hmm. From reading your bio, it seems like you were born to be an activist. What's next for you in terms of activism? Well, I love this question, and I'm so happy you asked it because it's something that I've definitely been thinking a lot about. And what's next for my activism is actually a lot of what sparked my passion for advocacy and activism in the first place. And when I decided that I wanted to be a legal ad- advocate, and that was the career field that that I was going to go into, I knew that I wanted to be an advocate for members of my community, of the Mm -hmm. black community. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to do this by attempting to address the major inadequacies in the law because I knew those inadequacies oftentimes leave people of color with the short end of the stick. And because I'm very big on self-reflection and prayer, I would often ask myself, how can I use that passion, my passion, to be of service to as many people in my community as possible? Yeah. And I let that question sit with me and marinate over time. The universe started giving me answers. And at the age of 12, I started to see regular occurrences of my classmates and my neighborhood friends started become being suspended from school mm. and getting eventually arrested in school for mm-hmm. things like truancy, not violent offenses, and being sent to juvenile detention centers for months at a time. Mm. And it became harder for them to reenter s- school successfully once they returned because of their long absences. Mm-hmm. And they'd be suspended again and rearrested again and 
it will start this cycle of what we know commonly as the revolving door, Mm. right? The revolving door of the prison system. And I didn't realize how incredibly targeted and intentional something like that school to prison pipeline was until I got to college and I studied more about the history of mass incarceration in America and the disruptions it causes throughout whole urban communities. And it frustrated me to learn of the generational economic disparity in the black community, things like predictive policing and over-criminalization has created. I also had to face the reality of close high school friends that are still incarcerated as a result of police policies like stop and frisk. Mm. So these very personal and very real-life instances have led my activism to criminal justice reform. And this reformation looks like, for me, decreasing the prison population, Mm -hmm. reforming sentencing policies, policing policies, and, of course, juvenile justice. Um, We know that this system needs a major overhaul Mm -hmm. because the number of people in prisons is staggering. And the racial disparities of those numbers are staggering. And... Also, the high recidivism rates Mm -hmm. in our prisons in America prove that our rehabilitation efforts are failing. Yeah. And I would just like to do something about that. Well, and and you are doing something about it, right? And I love that you are so clear about how it is that you arrived at where you're at and this aspiration to get your law degree, right? It's about transforming systems. It's about changing communities. It's about undoing some of the wrong that's been done to black and brown people um, here in Detroit, but but really all over the world, essentially. But I mean, we know that mass incarceration it's a problem here in the U.S., right? Yes. Other countries are not faced with the same right. issues that we have um, because of this deep-seated structural racism that we have yes. that continues to perpetuate um, this division between the haves and the haves not. It continues to keep us or to try to keep us in our in our spot Absolutely. in the world, right? Um, and so the fact that you are doing something about it uh, is really powerful, right? Because you know, oftentimes we might see a problem in mm-hmm. our community and we may have a lot to say about that problem, right. but when it comes to action, we're not doing a whole lot. And so one thing that that you said that I think is so important that you were faced with this big question about what to do with this thing that caused you so much angst. And you continue to revisit that question until you had answers from the source, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Whatever it is that you believe that to be. Uh, And then once you had clarity, you started to activate. Um, And so it's a lesson for all of us that when we have that itch to do something, when we feel that there's a problem at hand, and we don't feel like we have the answers, that oftentimes the answers is right around the corner yes. as long as we continue to ask ourselves the yes. question it will con- it will the universe will absolutely give you that answer i love it that's so keep oh, asking that's so key so key sis all right so some of the greatest leaders in the world have consistent wellness practices what does wellness mean to you as a leader this is tough <laughs> um And I'm going to, again, another James Baldwin quote here, Mm -hmm. say, when I was thinking about this question, I thought of this 
quote he wrote and said, to be a Negro in this country and to be relatively conscious is to be in a rage almost all of the time. Oh, girl, you I just feel like you need to say that again. It is. It I mean, t- you don't have to. Right. It is. But just, but that's real. It is so real. And I thought about this because I'm doing, you know, working in this field and being an activist and, you know, going trying to go to law school. It is so true that it really is opening your eyes to so many of the different frustrations and mm-hmm. the burdens and the things that come to you as a woman, as a black woman, as a person living in America. And I just don't want to be in a rage mm. all of the time, right? I thought to myself when I heard that, I'm like, well, how can I not be in a rage almost all of the time? And especially when the work of a leader requires so much empathy, it requires mm. so much compassion, it requires so much positivity and optimism. You can't, they, they kind of, they they go against each other. They yeah. work against each other sometimes. And that consciousness and your work that you're doing. And for me, wellness starts with what I like to call going within. Mm-hmm. And doing a self-check on what I need for me to feel feel well in that moment. And that may be meditation. It may be journaling. It may be yoga. Um, it could be coffee with a girlfriend. It could be talking to my mom. Um, but once I decide what that thing is, once I've gone within and had that self-awareness check, I am intentional about what it is I need to do to get to that state of wellness. Yeah. And I schedule that time. I schedule that meditation moment in the morning. I schedule that quiet time in the middle of my day. I schedule that walk after work. I make sure I do what I need to do to make to get to that wellness. I go to the movies mm-hmm. if that's what's going to make me laugh for the day, if I need a laugh or if I need a good cry. Yeah. There are some things that you just have to be intentional about, especially when you're doing the work of leader of leadership, of entrepreneurship, of being black in America. You just have yeah. to be intentional about it. So this is where introspection is so important. important. And oftentimes what I find is that black people haven't had the good fortune yes. of being introspective. Yes. Right. And so that quote that you talked about, um, about us being in a constant state of rage, which yes. is so true, it's visceral. Yes. Um, and the choice that we can can make to not be in a constant rage, right? Mm-hmm. To know that society was not created for us to thrive in, nope. but that's why wellness is that much more important for us yes. so that we can live a balanced, fulfilled, whole life that's not rooted in rage day in and day yes, out. You're speaking. Um, because as you said, right, rage, it goes against what it means to be an effective leader, right? Um, having emotional intelligence, being able to look within and know this is what I feel right now and Mm -hmm. this is what I need right not only do I know what I feel but I know that I am good enough to be able to ask for the very thing that I need or to take advantage of it on my own terms um, because I'm worth it absolutely right I'm worth it Um, And so I love that if we've never thought about the importance of wellness from a general standpoint 
black people need to think about wellness from a standpoint of going against the grain and healing from yes. the wolves of society, if you will, Absolutely. Um, so that we can be whole. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's so poignant oh, and that's so true. Oh, I love that. Like yes. I could feel that in every fiber yes. of my being. Um, so, sis, we're, we're done, right? I Can can't you believe, believe it? it? We've come to the end of our That's interview. Uh, and I want to make sure that people can stay in touch with you. So how can they do that, Danielle? Well, you can definitely um, follow me on Instagram and Twitter um, at Danielle, D-A-N-I-E-L-L-E-A-N-N-I-S-E, Danielle Anise. That's my middle name. Mm-hmm. And my Facebook and LinkedIn are Danielle Elamine. E-L-A-M-I-N is the last name. And if you want to keep up with all of the work that Challenge Detroit is doing and our blog posts and some of the work of our nonprofit partners, um, you can just go to challengedetroit.org. That's awesome. And we are there. Danielle, you are amazing. I'm going to be watching. Thank you so Um, much for having me. I'm I'm delighted. And I know that your words touched our listeners um, in ways that – Uh, I don't think, you know, I think this interview went in a direction just like any interview um, that is enriching. It's a different path, right? Because we are all unique and the way that we seek wellness and um, where we get our inspiration from and all of that. Um, So so I appreciate you saying yes to to this call to action. Thank you for thank you. Thank you so much for calling me. I'm honored. Yeah. This has been awesome. That's great. I'm so grateful. That's great. Thank you, Danielle. Thank you, All Demara. right. Yes. Listeners, uh, just as a reminder, the Be Well Fabulous Black Woman Tour is coming your way. We're going to be in the Kalamazoo Battle Creek area on March 26th at the downtown Radisson. We're going to be in Detroit on May 14th, and we're going to be in Grand Rapids on June 4th. Check us out on Eventbrite. Buy your tickets today. We've got that early bird pricing right now, um, and we're going to have the fabulous Dr. Lynn Richardson. She is MC business partner she's going to be doing an opening keynote you can also check out this event on blackwomenaboutbiz.com and if you aren't currently following us make sure that you do that blackwomen underscore biz is our twitter as well as our instagram uh, and in addition to that like our facebook page which is black women about business um, we do come out with a newsletter twice a month we give out really good content that's all about inspiring you to be your best self in business in leadership and in wellness thank you so much for tuning in today Ashe.